Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It is time for our Saturday Beauties and the Beast segment. They won't let me change the name. They won't let me change the name, right? I mean, you guys yeah, won't let me change the that's name. That's right. <laughs> we I love like, the beast. I know. Well, that's fine, but I want to change the name. Well, we like truth in advertising, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> and you are pretty beastly. And <laughs> it's you, wonderfully you know done. We're all like How can so. I disagree Enough with said. that? How can we disagree with that kind of logic? <laughs> uh, what a week it's been. Um, lot, a lot going on around the world. And then there was that horrible, horrible situation in San Bernardino in uh, California with the the terror attack and uh, the President of the United States took a long time to call it a terror attack um, which was also debated. We have police officials in the U.S. and you heard one of them earlier on the program Sheriff Joe Arpaio from Maricopa County in Arizona uh, asking their citizens who are licensed to carry handguns to carry the guns in public so that if there were a terror situation developed where they are present, they can use the guns either to defend themselves or other people there or to get away. And uh, not only Joe Arpaio, but uh, James Craig, the chief of police of Detroit, and uh, David Clark, the Milwaukee County Sheriff, and other chiefs of police have said similar things. Um, Michelle Simpson is, Michelle, you're not far from San Bernardino now, are you? No. Uh, Roy, actually, I'm about an hour and a half away, uh, maybe just under the way I drive. But, yeah, uh, close by and very close, uh, 45 minutes outside of Redlands, where the um, the two uh, involved in this shooting were residing. Share with us, please, what you have experienced in the last several days. What is being said in that part of of uh, California, and is there response? I don't know if any California law enforcement officials have suggested what Sheriff Arpaio and other law enforcement officials I just mentioned have said. But what's what's happening? What what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Well, first off, it was so close to home that the entire place is buzzing, and that's been the topic of conversation, uh, you know, since it happened. But that said. Um, To me, it was pretty scary. Without any prompting, uh, you know, you you see on the news, local news that I get, uh, gun shops that are absolutely, you know, going insane with business and people stepping up to the mic to say, no, I'm going to arm myself. I'm going to protect my house. And but these aren't handguns or even rifles. Like we're talking the assault-type rifles. I, I, I mean, it just it, it kind of boggled my mind because I don't believe, you know, maybe you can carry a handgun in some of these other cities, but I can't imagine going out to Walmart shopping, slinging your assault rifle over just in case something happens. I, you know, I just don't see that as the answer. Or how, is there a pervasive sense of fear? Uh, or anger. I would say I, I would say there's a combination of fear, and then the other com, uh, the other part of the the equation is bravado. I'm entitled to, and I'm going to protect my family, and I I just don't know how you can entirely do that, given the circumstances. 
when it's homegrown and it came out of nowhere. I just I don't understand it. I think this shoot 'em up is gonna you know is gonna result in more death than it will save lives. You know, I mentioned to Sheriff Arpaio. I said uh, if somebody is uh, carries a gun and then something happens, terrorist attack takes place, and the person fires. Uh, the police officers arrive on the scene. They're going to be looking for anybody who's shooting. And he understood that. He said, well, that's just sort of the way, that's what we're going to have to accept. I, I do find it, I, I'm not ready to dismiss what police officials are suggesting in, in the U.S. Uh, there's there's so much emotion tied into this. And I saw the photographs of the people who were killed. And it's heartbreaking. And you realize these are just folks who were destroyed, whose lives were destroyed by these individuals um linda <laughs> and it's a tough one and you just said the right word this is so emotional and it makes so many people so very angry that you know it's on our soil well in the united states it's luckily not in canada yet but and you know i believe we should be able to protect ourselves but having said that, um, I agree that it could cause more confusion because if you have a gun and you're right there on the hot spot, who's to say that they're not going to think that you're the one who's... So, I mean, there's all of these angles on it. I do trust the police and their judgment. But um, this this is third, the Third World War, Roy, and it's being fought in a totally different manner than we are used to. We're used to our forces going out and protecting us, and now it's innocent people on our own soil and in Paris, and let's not forget. And it breaks my heart. That's all I can say. And so I have mixed emotions on this, I'm sure, like yeah. a lot of Canadians do. You know, it's hard to, uh, Catherine, it's hard to to, to come up with a, with a resolute conclusion because we're constantly re-examining what we've seen, what we heard, what we feel, how this compares to other situations. And so you draw a conclusion at 401 and you change it at 402 what what, what do, i don't know if you agree with that or not i do I, I, very much so um i know we were all flipping emails back and forth this week as we always do about what we're going to talk about and stuff and i know i, I and i told you at the co- at my cottage i have a gun uh there are and i and i'm i'm the last person in the world that would ever shoot an animal by the way i'm a vegetarian and you know have been for years etc cetera, etc cetera. but on the other hand if I, my life was threatened, I would do something about it, and I believe in being protected. That being said, and again, this might sound very contradictory, but there's too many guns. There's way too many guns in the U.S. I mean, everybody's packing, it seems, down there. And, and sadly, um, it get, they get into the hands of the wrong people. And, you know, Linda, I have to disagree with you, which I rarely do, but it is here, too. We have had not, not as many, thank goodness, and I believe that's because we have fewer guns, but we have had shoot-ups at schools, and we had that awful thing on Parliament Hill last October. And anyway, on and on, a year ago, October. And, and you know, we have less, less of them, but we nevertheless do have them. But, you know, Roy, the problem is, what is the answer here? On the black market, people can get guns very, very easily. And uh, how you stop that? I, I wish I had a nice magic bullet here. <laughs> bad, bad, bad reference. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I wish I had a nice, easy answer here. But there isn't. As long as there's a proliferation of weapons, and as Michelle said, you know, not just but, long guns, or which I yeah. would have at the cottage, or, you know, whatever. 
but but you know like war war kind of guns and multi you know uh, Kalashnikovs and Uzis and all that kind of jazz. I don't know what you do about it. I really don't. Well, you know, because I the police can't. You know, you can't have a police. You'd like to have. A, you, you need to have a police person with every single citizen. You know, and of course that's totally stupid and ridiculous. But it's so tough to figure out what to do. Yeah, I see. I don't. I I don't think it's about guns as much as people say it is. I think it's about terrorism and it's about um, the willingness to take lives because we've seen vehicles used. There's all sorts of ways, and I understand, you know, guns, guns, give, guns, give the, guns give you the opportunity to do what was done in San Bernardino. Like a fruitcake can maybe punch somebody in the face. A fruitcake with a gun can yeah. kill a whole whack of people. Uh, you're not going to get the guns off the streets in the United States. There's about 350 million firearms. Exactly. And Michelle and I were traded email last night on one situation I mentioned earlier. We've got a lot of things to cover on this show here, but there was... Um, uh, the, the United States Senate refused to to even discuss or to vote on legislation that would disallow or make it more difficult for people on terror watch lists to get a gun or people who have mental health issues to get a gun. If you're not allowed them to get on an airplane, what the hell are you doing letting them get a gun? Yeah, good point. What's it, Michelle, when that's talked about in California... Or is that talked about that that particular story? Uh, in terms of the, well, the Senate, Senate, you know, do, do, are people wondering why the Senate wouldn't? No, that that's the amazing thing. There's still this right to bear arms. The Second Amendment supersedes everything. Even right? people who have been identified by the FBI, the CIA, the Homeland Security, as yeah. being dangerous to the United States and the American people, who are on a no-fly uh, or a limited fly watch list or whatever they, whatever kind of list they are on, they still want those people to have that free access to firearms. Because they don't want any legislation that could possibly affect their own right to bear arms. Okay, I'm going to take a break. I have to take a break. We'll come back. And we have some other things to talk to Catherine, Michelle, and Linda about. An Alberta government minister who says to Albertans who don't have a job, why don't you go to B.C.? Oh, man. Um, you can't help think those who aren't thinking. Uh, Premier Brad Wall of Saskatchewan said, don't forget the economy with all of the um, hoopla in Paris over the climate issue. Time to build a, a pipeline to help the Canadian economy. The Kathleen Wynne government in Ontario, well, I think with the, their, their, their foul-up, multiples of billions of dollars, foul-up, their foul-up, and McGinty's government before that, of Hydro One, makes ad scam look like uh, nickels and dimes, chump change. And Catherine's Working Canadians, TFSU poll, uh, we're going to talk about that. So we have a lot to cover in the short time we'll have left when we come back. Stay with us. So how much uh, money is being spent by the Canadian delegation in Paris? I want an accounting of every single nickel, dime, dollar. Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdoll, Michelle Simpson. <laughs> Don't let him get away with that, Linda. I know. I keep on saying Linda Leatherdoll. No, Al Leatherdale. Leather, Leatherdoll. That's what it says. All right, uh, Beauties and the Beast. Let's go through some issues here really quickly because we have limited time. We have about six and a half minutes for everything. Alberta government minister tells unemployed Albertans, go to B.C., find a job there, and come back when the the climate's better here. Why doesn't he just say, we screwed up royally, have a nice day, let them eat cake? Right on. Disgusting. 
you're a former right. you're a former parliamentarian, Michelle. If you heard a caucus member of yours say that, would you like take the old high heels and right into the instep? <laughs> Absolutely. I I cannot tell you how stunned I was. I I don't believe I've heard something quite that ridiculous in some time, and that's taking in a lot of territory. <laughs> <laughs> and Ms. Leatherdahl, what do you say? Oh, well, I say the same thing. This is absolutely ridiculous. And Alberta, I think it's time to get the Canadian Taxpayers Federation debt clock out because across this country, and Alberta now included, once debt-free is racking up debt faster than you can, and losing jobs. Um, they lost 15,000 jobs last month. It's going to get worse. We know it with the oil situation. Come on, guys, you can't spend your way out. And the Not only that, but the rest of Canada, watch out, because Alberta's smartest... welfare has been supporting you for a long time. Okay, we've got to move along. Um, the, the smartest politician in Canada, I think Brad Wall, the Premier of Saskatchewan, says, Uh-oh. don't forget the economy, mm-hmm. build a pipeline. Mm-hmm. You he's say? Right. He's right. He's oh, right? Totally. Everybody on we, side? We've had pipelines built for years and years and years. Yep. Uh, they're, they're better than, they're certainly way better than rail. Yep. Rail's super dangerous. Yep. They're not perfect because nothing is. But yeah, it's a no-brainer, total no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. Okay. And, uh, oh, uh, the, the Prime Minister having uh, transferred the funding, the cost of his two nannies to the Canadian taxpayer after he makes $330,000 a year now. When he was the Liberal leader, made half of that, he was able to pay for it. And after all the speeches during the election campaign, after after accepting more than $20,000 for speeches to charity organizations, being asked to give it back, and after having charged his expenses for private, uh, private events... Um, to the taxpayer and saying, oops, I made a mistake, I'll pay it back. After all that, you, your assessment of his nanny move. I'm going to start, I'm going to start with his former hypocrite. seatmate. Entitled hypocrite. I agree. Who, who said entitled hypocrite? Ill-timed, and this is the type of thing people do tend to remember. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's just terrible, terrible thinking, terrible timing, um... And then I looked at him sitting on the uh, 300 SL of his dad, and uh, all the visuals were wrong. Ontario's, uh, the Ontario, the Wynn and, and McGinty government's handling of, mishandling of, uh, epic mishandling of, destruction of, even the most fundamental remnants of common sense when it comes to Hydro One. We're going to start with you, Catherine. Voters of Ontario, remember this next time around. $37 billion to date, and it's going to be more than $60 billion, and that's just hydro. So a pox on them. You'd like to have some kind of means of recall. We don't. Next election, recall time. Didn't the dopey energy minister say that maybe the auditor general didn't have enough knowledge about hydro? Didn't the auditor usually work for Manitoba Hydro? Cookie, you know, and yeah, yeah, he's, he is so unbelievably brain-dead, I can't believe he's still in a ministerial portfolio. Michelle, how do you top brain-dead? <laughs> Lobotomized. <laughs> well, you know what? When it comes to uh, arguing with reason, and in this case, this government, you know, it's not unlike administering medicine to a dead person. And I really and truly have so much concern about hydro that I actually was prompted to install a whole new heating system, uh, propane, because I live rurally, uh, because I've been on electric, and the, the rates, everything is bizarre, and I think it's only going to get worse. 
their billing system defies all all credibility. I know that uh, Linda's head tends to uh, explode <laughs> when when say hydro and Ontario in the same never mind the same sentence in the same paragraph, yeah. Linda. Well, Roy, and you, let's go back. You and I fighting for, for this way back when, and we said, this is getting ridiculous, and look where we are now. You and I fought. Remember that poor girl oh, on the machine, and they, dis- they disconnected the hydro? Yes. Well, yeah. it, you know, Roy, we need to be fighting. There's a lot of families out there that are hurting, but another $133 billion more we're going to be paying in higher hydro costs? But the big thing is the net debt in Ontario is going to hit $319 billion. By 2017-18, we are going down in a death spiral. We are going to be hitting like grease. And when hydro bills are more expensive than somebody's mortgage, this is outrageous. But you know what else? You know what else is really sad? This is the last time because of the so-called privatization that the AG, Bonnie Lissick, who I love and who's terrific, um, is going to be able to audit them. It's all going to be under the table from now on. How disgusting is that? They're selling us out, and Hydro is owned by the taxpayers of this province, and it should be in their hands. Okay, beauties, we have have 30 seconds. Catherine, TFS News. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. I love it. Well, we've had, we've, um, we're going to have our petition presented in the House of Commons for the first time next week. Uh, I just want to remind everybody, please continue to sign our petition to retain the tax-free savings account limit at $10,000. And, you know, I, I have, uh, so many people I've spoken to, every single one goes, first of all, most of them don't even know that the new federal government is planning to reduce it by 50%. When they hear it, they go, man, you know, that's crazy. Half of working Canadians have a TIFSA, TFSA, and we need to retain that limit. So www.workingcanadians.ca forward slash save our TFSA. We've got tons of support. We're getting more, but we can use all we can get. All right, beauties, that's it for today, and uh, we'll reassemble uh, next Saturday. Hopefully yes. it'll be a Terrific. S- at least marginally Terrific. friendlier Looking world. Looking forward to it. Yes. Thank you, beauties.